Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show. fans welcome back to the black and gold hockey podcast this is episode 163 we're recording on january 19th 2020 it's a beautiful sunday afternoon after a little bit of snow but not as as much snow as some friends way up north got um this is uh episode 163 as i mentioned it is brought to you by betonline.ag go to betonline.ag use code clns50 for a sweet bonus after you sign up for an account I am Mark Allred, here in the studio with my dear friend and, and co-host, Heather Ingerson. Heather, what's up, man? Nothing. What's up? Another day, another doll. Yep. Another day, another not doll in my life. <laughs> another day, another disappointment. No, I'm just kidding. Interesting. I'm just kidding. You're right. It is a beautiful Sunday out. So it is. It's, it's nice very sunny. It's hovering around 40. I got my workout today. Nice. I got, uh, no choice if you want to move out. No. Yeah, if you want to go anywhere. <laughs> we got a little bit of snow. Like I said, not as much as, as like Newfoundland did. Yeah. That was crazy. Um, shout out to all those guys. The guys from the Three Man In podcast, um, Mike, TR, and, and, and Charles, uh, thoughts with you guys. I know you guys are all safe. I, I've already reached out and, and so on. But and um, We've know, been there. Yeah, it's just, that's just crazy snow. snow. Yeah. But, they, you know, everybody says that's Newfoundland, you know, that's Canada. I'm like, I know, but still, that's like, what? Newfoundland. What else? I know Mike Mike Hickey on the uh, third man and gave me a hard time on how I say it. It's Newfoundland. Yeah, or well, whatever. Miss, I'm from Boston and trying to be politically correct. Okay, first of all, I'm not trying to be politically correct. Politically correct. That's how you say it, Newfoundland. <laughs> I know I can't. Newfoundland and Labrador. Have you heard me talk on this podcast? I don't do it very well. I know. All right. I get yeah. tongue tied. Well, you know, but all in all, an all right week. Yes. Yeah. You. Yeah, it was. Um, it was yeah, it was just a busy week, of course. Black and gold, uh, hockey.com. Uh, lots of articles. I think we busted out probably like 12 this week, uh, which was crazy. We got some nice. new people getting involved, um, and with new people, I'd like to uh, 
uh, mentioned that we are bringing on more writers. So if you're interested, please um, contact me, uh, uh, blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com if you'd like to write for us. We have a, you know, a nice little calm training program that's a video conference where I can walk you through it online. It doesn't matter, but if you're interested in writing, send us an email. Send me a message on Twitter at blackandgold277. Um, talk to me. Yeah, if you, you know, if you're a seasoned veteran in the journal in sports journalism, or you are just trying to crack the code on getting in writing and just you know, just talking about how you feel about this Boston Bruins team or the organizations below, uh, development, whatever, um, you're welcome. So reach out. It'd be kind of cool to, you know, keep the keep the articles going and so nice. yeah. Good job. You guys do a good job over there, everybody. If you're not going to the website, should be. We are. I mean, we do have a lot of good people on board that are pumping out some really good articles. So, just a suggestion or an order, however you would like to take it. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. What's that? No, to go to the website. It's oh, a good yes. Site. Absolutely. Our uh, hockey news there. Like I did mention that this episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. So, football season, basketball season. Yeah, some of them are in full swing and some of them are just getting coming down to the end. Um, so get into the same, get in the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first episode to start betting college or professional ball or, or hockey or whatever. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser, straight bet parlay or tease your way through the season. You can even bet on wild propositions as if uh, Bruins are going to win the Stanley Cup, uh, if Pasta is going to reach 60, or if Bruce Cassidy will get fired. It, there's all kinds of fun propositions like that. I know you can hard, hard not to laugh, right? Um, but get the fastest to market odds, updates, and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Head over to Bet Online today on your mobile service to join and use promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, online sports book experts. So, All right, can I get us started for last week? Yes. I've been saving this up. So, we might have the shot heard around the world during the revolution, but the whiff heard around the world happened on Monday in Philadelphia. <laughs> I used that for one of my last topics, but we will we'll start off. Well, we with have it. to start with the game, so I just thought I'd say I know. That. We'll talk about that, but we'll we'll do you can do the school and summary and all that. I just have to say Monday, January thirteenth, two thousand and twenty was not a good night. Right. For Brad Marshall. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Although he is the master of the Twitter, so he'll be all right. Uh yeah. So anyways, we lost six to five in a shootout. Why don't you tell us how that happened? Because I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah, me too. Uh, Anders Bjork gets involved um, mildly quickly with his seventh uh, at the 415 mark of the first period to give the Bruins a one nothing lead. Things are looking mighty good when Davey Krejci comes in at 1649 of the first to give the, the Bruins a uh, power play goal and a two to nothing lead. Krejci's his 10th from uh, Heinen and Coyle. And I forgot to mention that DeBrusque um, assisted on Bjork's first period goal. Um, so, uh, again, Boston boy Kevin Hayes scores his 14th at the 18-22 mark of the first on the power play to give the Boston Bruins a 2-1 to lead after one. Can I just say, I don't mind Kevin Hayes. It's his okay, uh, moving on. <laughs> I know we were, we're huge Chicklets fans. So once he comes on, it's I'm sure it's uh, it's a lot of fun for everybody. Yeah, 
especially the Boston people, because, you know, he is from the area. Okay, go. Okay. Second period. So, second period. David Passel next school is his 36th from Marchand and Bergeron. And that was at the 33 second mark of the second period. What a start. Giving the Boston Bruins a 3-2-1 lead. But things started to get a little haywire in this game. Um, and the when you're supposed to be putting the skates on the Philadelphia Flyers next and, and do not let up on them, the Boston Bruins do that, just that. Uh, Travis Sanheim scores his six at the 112 mark of the second period. That's a 3-2 to two Boston lead. Charlie Coyle scores his ninth from Heinen and Car- Carlo at the 450 mark of the second period, giving the Boston Bruins a 4-2 to two lead. Things are getting better. David Krejci scores his second of the game, his 11th of the season from Bjork and DeBrusque at the 721 mark of the second period. It's a 5-2 to two cushion. It's a 5-2 to two cushion. I know you guys all know this. I knew this. we were going to win. And then Sean Couturier, one of the better centermen in the league, he, probably Selkie award winner. Um, he scores his 13th at the 13-12 mark from Voracek. It's a five to three game. Mm-hmm. Connor Bonneman scores his first goal from Friedman. Elliot, Elliot, mm-hmm. Elliot Friedman, and uh, and Haggerty. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, Friedman and Hag uh, at the fourteen forty six mark of the second period, and that did the scoring for the uh, for the the second period. So it's five to four. That's all right. It's five to four. It's five to four. It's five to four. Got out of the period. Going into the third period. Travis Enheim scores his second of the game, his seventh of the season from Myers and Couturier at the 12.58 mark of the third period. And we go to overtime. And there were no goals in overtime. But let's just make a long story short here. The Boston Bruins lost in the shootout. Ten shooters. Go for it. The tenth shooter was Brad Marchand. With gritty in the background, the creepiest. Yes. I don't care if other eyes. people are adapting. I'm still creeped out. That thing, that thing, that girl that have honestly, that thing could be walking around as a like as an orange sponge, and I would be like, okay with it, right? Yeah. But once somebody put those damn eyes on it, then it gets creepy. Exactly. It's weird. It's it's like the so, same thing at the at the at the stop and shop. It's like I don't mind if that electronic thing goes around yeah, and tells everybody that hey. But once they put the eyes on it, I want to tackle the friggin' thing. It creeps me out. And then my aunt was like, I had a run and had to store the robot again. She's like, you turn the corner. <laughs> it, there it is. It is yeah. Crazy. Those it's damn crazy. eyes. So um, if you don't know, if you've not heard so far in the last week or almost week, uh, Brad Marchand went for his uh, goal to try and keep it going and did not even bring the puck with him, but bumped it just enough that it went forward enough. It counted for a try it was a gritty fight in a movie it was the worst shootout loss yet we're i mean we're zero and seven in the shootout oh, but terrible. this was like like i said i wrote down you've traumatized me twice in the last year brad marshawn i don't even know you can we stop doing this just kidding but uh the sad thing to me was that um like debrusque and heinen and Krejci and that they had great games like the game was beautiful until like a couple minutes, you know, whatever, halfway through the second, things started getting a little out of control. Right. Yeah. The goaltending was uh, not great. Um, Yaroslav Halak, he stopped 39. I'm sorry. He saved 34 of 39. I got to hate you, NHL.com. So he wasn't very good. Um, And and a key member of the 
I, I know it's a team effort and everything like that, but he's just not, he's not doing it for, him, for me lately. I'm sorry. Um, I do have to say in his defense, all around defense just sort of just melted into nothingness on, like I was saying to you before, like his goals against average, some of it is his fault because he hasn't been playing well, but some of it is also the defense has been falling apart. We talked about this in front of the goaltenders a little bit, the lot, you know, and that was an epic meltdown of defensive strategy as a team yeah, all around. Absolutely. What a hell of a segue if you're done. I guess. I guess I'm done. Did I write anything? Oh, we were one for four in the power play again. That's confusing. We were better. Um, I have another thing about this. Well, something generally about when these things kind of things happen, but I'm going to save that as a topic for later. But I literally, like, I'm just like, I don't understand how this happens. Like, to this is not just like this happens. This has happened on numerous occasions. Our point total should be way higher than it is at this point. You know, oh, I, I agree. Mean? All I right, agree. so seven fine. seven shootout losses would definitely we're do that to you. We're gonna let it go. We'll talk about it later, but also Zanano Charasau's game. So we'll talk about that later too. Um, yeah. So. One traumatizing moment uh, deserves another. So the very next night on a back-to-back road uh, trip, the Boston Bruins were in Columbus to face the uh, 23-16-8 Blue Jackets. Um, First period, Alexander Winberg scores his fourth at the 13-27 mark of the first period, giving the the Capitals. The Columbus Blue Jackets a 1-0 lead. There were absolutely no goals in the second. Third period comes around. Um, Kevin Stenland scores his fourth at the 546 mark of the third. And uh, old friend Riley Nash scores his fourth unassisted uh, at the 1305 mark. The Stenland goal, his fourth, was a power play. Um, this was just a not a good game at all. This was a game that I... I really wanted this one. I wanted the Philadelphia game too because these points are so so tough to get right now. And that, that those non-divisional games until February eighth just continue to haunt me right now. And we are recording this on Sunday, the nineteenth, twenty twenty. So I'm pretty sure that most Bruins fans have already seen what happened this afternoon. So there were lots of zeros on the uh, box score there. There were a lot of negatives. Negative this, negative that. Oh, sure. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Not. But it almost made the Philly thing like, well, at least they sort of had a fight there. Like, this was not good. But um, there was they had a lot of thoughts. Like, a lot of thoughts. They had a lot of shots, but not a lot of follow-through on some right. of the shots. It was not going their way whatsoever on that end. Uh, but we got to beat a lot in our own end. Also, Tuca, we'll talk about later too, but that's the game that both goalies had to play because Tuca was out pretty quickly, a minute and thirty, uh, minute and 13 or whatever. And yeah, Halak stopped 24-27. Um, and we were 0-0 for 25 on the uh, – 0 for 25, 0 for 5 on the power play. Jeez, it's my day to not be on I know, this right? Jeez. Jeez. I finally got somebody to, to bounce off of here. Okay, fine. Whatever. <laughs> but uh, also, we lost to a goalie named Elvis. I don't know why I wrote that down. Yeah, it I must know, have been right? what I was thinking in my head. That guy can jump. And a way for Bruce Cassidy's head to explode. But more on Bruce Cassidy. Yeah. All right, go. Thursday, right. January 16, 2020. The Boston Bruins, uh, or at home TD Garden to play the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, and 
let's get started with the Sydney Crosby goal. I almost call him Crybaby. Uh, he scores his seventh of the season from Simon and Johnson at the 24 second mark of the first period. This was just a, something that told me that this was going to be a long and tough game. But this Boston Bruins team just knows how to turn it around and make me look very bad. Sean Corelli scores his fourth in the first period at the 10.03 mark to tie things up. Parlin Holmes scores his third at the 12.16 mark from Carson Kuhlman. And I forgot to mention that on the Corelli goal, Kuhlman and McAvoy were the assistants on the first Bruins goal. No goals in the second period. Patrice Bergeron starts the third period off with his 20th from Pasternak at the 319 mark to give the Boston Bruins a 3-1 to lead. Brad Marchand scores his 21st from Pasternak at the 1907 mark, giving the Bruins a 4-1 to lead, and that'll do it. The Bees beat the Pittsburgh Penguins by the score of 4-1. to Yeah, they looked like a totally different team. It was then. crazy to, to watch that game. And knowing that what you saw in Monday and Tuesday's effort, I was just, wow, what is going on Tuesday here? was worse than Monday, though, all, all around. It's a Metro Division it. team. So the whole week was metrosexual, okay? Yeah, no, they, and they are. So it's are, like, what, what are you doing? I mean. Uh, all around, they're closer in competition with each other. And some of their points are higher. But I they just looked like themselves again. Like we were saying last week, it was like all of a sudden you were like, oh, there are my Boston Bruins. Yes. Hi, boys. How are you? How are you doing? There was, there was, there was a lot of bite. Lock had a 967 save percentage. That'll make a difference. Yeah, exactly. I'm say, against, first of all, can I just, I'm, you know I'm much more of a Patrick Kane, Ovechkin girl than I am a Sidney Crosby girl. You know that. Right? Okay. So I do have to say, though, I do respect Crosby because he is obviously a generational player. That dude is a beast. He just got back. He's already got five assists. Whatever. He had four points in his first game back. Yeah. That's he's, crazy. He's he's a beast. But we look that's that was part of the thing. It's like, why do we look now Columbus is not a bad team. Philly is not a necessarily a bad team. Again, like good solid middle of your kind of squad teams. We're supposed to be one of the elite teams. And we played well against one of the more elite teams. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm confused. One thing I liked about the Pittsburgh game was the jam that was in, in, inserted. And I know that that happened to be because of the you, the Pittsburgh Penguins poked the bear. Let's put it, let's put it blatantly honest. They came out, they came to, they came to play in our barn and um, they set the tone with the physicality, but I really liked the response from the guys on the committee on the, throughout the bench, they went out and brought it back to them. It's like you're not, you know, basically you're not going to take liberties on any of our players, and we're going to stick up for one uh, each other. So, what? Uh, what, go, go. what um, what Tory Krug had to do, uh, he was a, a thorn in, in everybody's side, um, and and other members of the Boston Bruins team that stepped it up physically. It brought a great element. It brought everybody back to like, wow, this team can play this game too, and and be uh, uh, offensive on the scoreboard. Well, I was going to say, like, offensively, good night, Carson Coleman. Thank you for coming back. Yes. Nice to see you, kid. He had two assists. Corrales scored. Lindholm, who apparently won the two out of three, ain't bad on the waiver list or whatever thing. Could be the next I mean, one. Again, I mean, we'll talk about that later. But 
um, you know, Marshawn, whatever, passing out, can't go without some points. So he got a couple. They looked good on there. And everyone's like, oh, whatever, like they need to be tougher. It's like, no, they need to be as tough as they actually are. And this game, they did. Well, why? Because Pittsburgh makes them. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Because they can compete with them offensively. And, you know, I don't know. Like we talked about similar teams, it like kicks them into gear. Yep. You also need to have that instinct when you're in Philly and you were winning, you know, and yeah. kick it in. But, don't let off the gas. Uh, Tory Crew made not the best fight. You just made my boy Tory Crew fight for the first time since 2008. Oh, he was pissed. And, just, and he deserves to be. Yeah. You know, and I think it's important because, you know, I think that he, like, you know how we said we need to get sick of losing? Tory Krug's sick of losing. And he's sick of getting pushed around just because everyone thinks they can because he's 5'9 or whatever, buck 85 or whatever it is. So that was good. Also good it wasn't Chara that had to be fighting that night. But, um, yeah. Uh, and we'll talk also, Tuka's honorary celebration we'll talk about later. But yes. that was, I just mean, it was just like last week. All of a sudden you were like, how can you look like that versus Columbus? I know. And then on Thursday, even if you factor in a back-to-back, that was horrific on Tuesday. That was worse than the Monday. Hangover from Monday's loss. But Pittsburgh looked more like themselves. So we had hope that maybe today, which we're not going to talk about until next time. No, we're not. Uh, I'm going to go there. But we're done. We Today, is. if you want to Google it, and we're going to talk about it next week, today we played, the game is over, we know what happened, we're not going to talk about it, we're going to save it till next week, in case anyone T-voted. Mark gets us out of it. just kidding. Right. <laughs> Isn't that funny? TiVo. Okay, so anyways, that that, that's my thought. Anyways, good job, Tori. You know, we can do things like that. Yeah, so definitely a good, better effort, but um, they certainly didn't bring it today with two days of rest, so... Uh, yeah, they did not do well. And we'll talk about it later on because I just don't, don't want to do it right now. Well, technically they did well in the first period. Yeah, that's it. You still you still have to show up for the whole game. I'm only kidding. Okay, I know. Let's move on because you're right. I'm not in the mood to talk about it now. <laughs> We're trying to be upbeat. We owe everyone because our energy level has been a little down. It's all right. So here We're we go. We'll keep going. Go, go. Speaking of energy level, I forgot to mention at the beginning of the podcast that uh, this is the – episode i did mention that this is episode 163 but i would personally like to honor uh episode 163 to a lovely lady um that i call my lovely wife courtney um we've been together a long time and she's been my rock so happy birthday babe um i love you and just keep doing what you're doing because you're an outstanding person and uh you keep me uh straightened out on the safe and narrow let's put it that way Happy birthday, Courtney. Yes. Thanks for uh, putting up with Mark. No, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I'm just Nice. Kidding. Love you. Happy birthday. All right. So um, the upcoming schedule we did talk about today. We're not going to talk about today. But the uh, on Tuesday, the 21st of January 2020, the Boston Bruins play the Vegas Golden Knights. New coach. New coach. Yes. So this could be. Uh, has he played a game yet? Do you happen to know, Heather? I think that he has, but I didn't write down what the results have been. Because I was kind of hoping that, that was a couple days ago. I was kind of hoping that they could do that rude awakening that they did in Nashville when uh, John Hines showed up to be their coach, and then just like a Boston beatdown, six to two. There's still hope. I mean, they fired their all-star coach and replaced him with a dude that had been fired from his previous all-star coach position. So strange. So strange. The NHL is, like, you know how like, we keep saying the NHL is very strange this year? This is just another weird yeah. phenomenon. It's a microcosm of Usually you craziness. give them, like, at least the rest of the season to cool off before you pick them up. But <laughs> That's not a good happening. Point. Musical coaches, go. That's um, pretty much it. 
for the for the week we go right into the bye week um and there is a nine day bye week and then is is the the all-star game is the all-star game is saturday the 25th oh i don't have all my things we're going to talk about in that a little bit but all-star weekend is this weekend the 24th is the skills competition also they're putting out the nhl all decade like you know whatever like the show yep. basically yep. Like all the best of the whatever uh that skills competition including the three-on-three with the women which again we'll talk about cool. that a little more anyways st louis so we're not looking too bad still we're still sitting first whatever even our blunders i don't know we've had some luck this team but um i don't know our thing but uh vegas the weird thing about the vegas change which will i'm sorry will be interesting to uh play them is because they really aren't a bad team either do you know what i mean like Unlike Jersey, that was horrific, or San Jose, who was playing really like you really needed to shake it up. I don't really see a lot in Vegas that was screaming shake it up. It was screaming trade for a goaltender, maybe. Um, well, now that you now that you bring it up, and I'm looking on NHL.com the standings, uh, season standings. I mean, Vegas is is like it, they're close to the wild card. They're not in it right now, but oh, they, they're in a three way tie with Edmonton for second in the in the Pacific Division. Yeah, so they they're in the wild card. So they're, they're very. Like, I mean, it's that that's top of the wild me, card in the West. To me, that's not a time you'd want to fire a coach. It's just a strange time to fire a coach, I think, especially I mean, given, like I said, the situation. I mean, this is definitely not stranger than when um, what's his name got fired. What was uh, Ray Sharon? No, that happened. Remember the New Jersey Devils, the the coach that got fired with two games left. Oh yeah, I don't remember his name. Oh, Damn it. Yeah. Someone out there knows. I know, right? I'm sure I'll hear about it. I'm just kidding. But Go. no, the um, the the uh, yeah, they're a decent team. Um, so they, I mean, just the way the week's been going. Just, yeah. Yeah. So it could be, but anyways, then there's like a million years off. So if you want to set your calendars, when we get back on the 31st of January, can you believe this month's already over? First year here with the zero again. Yeah. This but crazy. Uh, we're playing the Jets in Winnipeg at 8 o'clock on Friday the 31st, and then on Saturday we play the Wild in Minnesota on the 1st of February. Nice. Go. So um, <laughs> the topics. Go. All right. I'm ready. I'm you got to stop saying go. No, I can't. you got to stop saying go. It drives me absolutely nuts. I just want them to know I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right. We do have a, uh, a boatload of topics that we're going to talk about, about the things that happened during the week. Um, so, uh, Tuka Rask, uh, and his non 2020 all-star, uh, participation, um, thoughts on that before we talk about the other one, the bigger issue at hand. Well, I think the thing with Tuka is kind of moot point now because he's injured and he can't play, but, um, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really someone who thinks the star should bow out. I think do I think the NHL should make it a better uh, weekend for them to be able to like meet up with their buddies midseason, get some rest, have a fun game, show off for the fans? Yes. But I do think if you are chosen, whatever weirdo means that might be that year, I do think that you should. At the same time, like Alex O and stuff like that, like I, I mean, he's earned to not have to go to right. at the same time. But I just, um, I don't know. 
So Tuca, I, it was kind of weird to me, but I mean, I respect what there's a lot of, whatever they decide. I respect. I don't know them. Maybe they're, what they're going through or whatever. Maybe they really could use just that extra twenty four hours of sleep or whatever. I don't know, but the there are there are some folks out there that are saying it's a cowardly way to do it because the NHL did pick you and you should go. Um, but it, it's 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 a resting period. You know what I mean? And it's and it is smack dab right in the middle of the um the the bye week. So you know, I can understand if you need plans. Nobody expects to be an all all star, so you never know. So I mean, you plan accordingly with your family, and you know, for the you know vacation time and so on. Because I guess they already made plans, and and he just said, you know, I'd rather be with my family. So I, I can definitely respect that. I'm not about the hate. Yeah, that, I'm not judging them if they don't. Like, right. Definitely. Like I understand that, but I do think like if you. Like I, I think we were talking about, I said last week, it didn't used to be a chore. Like it used to be an honor. Yep. It's what's on your resume. Like I'm an all-star or whatever. So it's weird argument to me. And we'll, again, I will talk about the all-star game a little bit on the way out on the random topics. But I mean, there are some people on there though that have also been to their seventh all-star game or whatever, and they still show up. And Yeah. No, I mean, there's definitely, you could definitely make cases for so many different avenues if you want to attack this topic. Absolutely. I think it's weird though to suspend them for a game if they don't go. For a game that doesn't count. Like if it's like whoever, like all the West teams get an extra point if they win, all the East teams get a point if they win. And if it goes to overtime, nobody gets a point. If I'm not mistaken, they get to choose that game. Yeah. They get to choose that game because I heard it in in a a post- Post press post game presser with him, somebody did ask, "Have you chosen what game you're gonna do?" And he goes, "It'll probably most definitely be the following game." So whenever they come back, it'll probably be the Winnipeg game. So while well, we're talking about Tuka um, being concussed or whatever, like we're just talking about Tuka generally, let's just talk about Tuka, okay? Well, I wanted to talk about the injury that, that yeah, happened on Tuesday. Yeah, let's talk about that. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, so Tukarask uh, was in goal for the game against the um, Columbus Blue Jackets on Tuesday, as we mentioned in the uh, uh, when we talked about the last week's action. Um, and he wasn't in there for very long. Um, this ML Bemstrom uh, character. Uh, came in, uh, took a little bump from Brandon Carlo on the backside. I don't think it was that it was that aggressive enough to like fling an arm out that you needed to do that. I don't think there was any stick that was caught up. It just looked blatantly to me like the guy came by the crease and just threw out like a bit of a chicken, not not the elbow, but you know a hand, and kind of gave a little jab at at Tuca as he skated by, and obviously Tuca out. Um, upper body injury it is is being said right now uh i've not heard anybody say concussion yeah. but people are speculating yeah and when you say upper body and it's it's head contact it's so easy to pick that avenue and run with it so like again i don't know an actual diagnosis everybody out there should know i know nothing about right anything, we're not medical experts i would say that's probably the most yeah and his history yeah and his history you know and, I, and me being a goaltender never at, at any professional level um, I've taken some lumps in the head like that. And I got to tell you, when you're not ready for it, I mean, when I was giving, when I was mouthing off to people, you know, in, in the, uh, in the face offs, uh, sorry, in the, in the whistle scrums, you know, I get a little jab right there, but I'm seeing that happen. 
And I, you know, that's fine. It you sucks. You embrace your neck a little more, things like that. Yeah, but when you when it's coming at you from the side and you're paying attention straight forward, that is totally different, in my opinion. So, um, and to all the haters that don't like Tuka that say he's soft and, and my kid could have taken a hit that, uh, better than that, you know, go jump off a bridge, please. Can I ask you, because it's something I jotted down. I never told you what I was, one of the things I wrote down that was about that, though, is if you don't mind, before we talk about maybe Tuka's good stuff, is do you think this is a debate, and also because of the Kachuk, the uh, Casper and thing, right? Should you always protect yourself or your teammate at some point, no matter what the consequence? Like, you know you might get suspended or whatever kind of thing. Well, that's, that's where I was going to go with this. Right. Um, the lack of response was absolutely ridiculous. Now... Was the lack of response due to the fact is that they wanted to see what was going to happen to the guy, and then that's why they started chasing them all around the rink for the rest of the night, and he wouldn't go. Well, that that bears watching or hearing or whatever. But well, I heard that they maybe didn't quite know until intermission what happened, and that's when they started chasing them around. But I also didn't know you were allowed to politely ask if he wanted to go. Like this yeah, was... and the other thing, another thing, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Another thing oh, that no, kind of no. another thing that made me very uncomfortable was the the timing of the incident and when the whistle happened. So if there was no call on the ice, okay, mm -hmm. but the whistle blew immediately. I mean, when Tuca went down, the whistle was blown. Yeah. So the referee must have seen the action. I mean, I don't know any referees that just kind of throw a blindfold over their eyes and go, "I think something's happening. I'm going to blow a whistle here." But you blew the whistle because you were right there and you watched it. How come you didn't give that guy a freaking penalty? That's why I don't get the the refereeing in this in this league is starting to get absolutely ridiculous, and it's league wide. I'm not saying it's a it's a it's a Bruins versus the freaking NHL, no, it's an NHL zebra thing. No, it's a, it's it's everywhere. We watch a ton of hockey all over the league, and we see this crap everywhere. It's got to get better. But the lack of response, yes. Um, the I I would personally that's that's your goaltender that's your guy it doesn't matter who else if it's Tuca or the guy that's uh, you know the thirteenth forward in the if he yeah. takes a hit like that step up as a teammate um, should you go on after him and taking liberties well and possibly a suspension later on who knows but I mean maybe that might depend on the circumstantial but I agree with you like to again you don't. When did you start getting to politely ask if someone I know. wanted to dance? And again, you, it doesn't even have to be. It's like a fight or whatever. It can just be like, if anything should have sparked your ass to have a little more physicality. And I like everyone starting to use physicality instead of toughness, because that's really what it is. Yes. Again, yes. like it shouldn't take our five foot nine, six eighty and change goaltender. But, you know, as soon as that, to fight, you know? as soon as that happened, all the, 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 the old school, um, we need a, an enforcer characters came out of the woodworks saying that see, see what i mean see what i mean mark we need this guy we need the thorntons back it's like well oh, as someone break, who, man. as someone who does love the enforcer role it's not my thing is okay so there aren't actual enforcers unless you can play like so like sean thornton his generation of enforcers is a lot different than the generations that came before sure you know like they're the last ones like they were the first ones with skill instead of just foolishness like they were kids that could beat you up but could also skate fast and you know, shuffle the puck yeah. if you needed to, you know what I'm saying? I agree. Um, but that means, though, 
But I do think that at the same time, the players do sometimes need to police themselves. So I guess that means everyone Agreed. has to be their own enforcer and teams have to be their own enforcers. Obviously within reason. I don't want anyone taking blindside hits. I don't want anyone getting injured over circumstance. But sometimes you just got to go, listen, back up. You know, yep. not to yell, sorry. Right. Everything will be a nightmare on that one. But <laughs> no, I was wondering that. Like, I mean, because I do think, though, that without the enforcer role, we are having more significant suspensions and injuries for reasons that seem like they could be cleared off after two and a half minutes of two men on the ice. Now, the um, as the week has gone on since that accident, the, the incident happened on Tuesday, the 14th, um, there's, there's some speculation that because uh, it's an upper body injury and it's be, you know being called a concussion, that um, there might be some availability for Rafs to play in the Tuesday game against the Vegas Golden Knights because he would have been in protocol for that seven days. So, um, that, I mean, that really doesn't matter to me. I, I, I think he should, you know, if he needs to take the rest even past that seven-day window uh, and have, have Halak as poorly – played in my opinion. I mean, he's just been really roller coaster for me and, and very uncomfortable. Um, probably going to add a topic onto this at the end of the show about, about this real, just a short question or we can do it right now. Let's do it right now. Let's talk about, would you, from what you've seen so far, I, I know, I know players have stretches and so on. I get it. It's, it's a, it's an unfortunate game, you know, but the stuff that I'm seeing, I'm seeing things that I do not want to see in a contract year. I want to see him being better for that audition point to say, I need that guy next season or another two years. I'm not seeing the game in Halak right now. And I'm, I'm very, very optimistic on if this team should really consider re-signing him or looking at the uh, free agent pool that will be available after July 1. See, I think it's too early to need to worry about that. You are going to ride Halak to the end of the contract. So like right now, not re- you know what I mean whether you decide to resign them or pull somebody up and make them the backup right. or this is purely up. talking at the end of right. the season. But what I was I'm not saying is, right now. Right. What I'm saying though is although I understand that too, but I mean who's saying he even wants to play and we don't know. He's kind of older in his career. He may call it a wrap. I don't know. What I was gonna say though is in his defense, because like I, I think I said earlier, like no, he has struggled the last couple weeks. We also had Tuka was struggling a little bit, but part of that was because defenses also struggle just randomly at times for no reason. But like today, in the second period, you didn't think Halak kept them in that game. Um, he kept them where tried yeah, to help them stop yeah, the bleeding. Yeah, from no, he was, was he was one of the one of the guys the the medics on the field that were going out there repairing people. I get right. it. So no, what I, I was going to say is that like so he's inconsistent. I feel like though he's kind of a one of the symptoms of what the whole entire team is like right now. Do you right. know what I mean? The inconsistency that you never know, yep. you know, not because no one is trying, but just because nothing seems to be going right. Yep. And, uh, but I would like to say like in his defense, he has also had some games where he's the reason they won the game. They had one last, you know. And, would, it, would it be fair to say if Suka needs extra long time, which uh, I absolutely hope not, and uh, like another month or two months, which is scary to say, but you never know with these injuries. And we don't really know what's going on with that, but kind of have a feeling. We'll talk about it later about his celebration and so on. So um, all, the, all that factors into like 
how bad, what grade is it while we at when you talk about concussions? Because when you're at a, yeah, when you're at a higher grade, the, the lights, the sounds and everything is just doesn't jive in my opinion. So, um, I don't know if, if Halak has to continue because of Rask, uh, and he continues to just go up and down, up and down. I would, I would pro- personally would not have faith in him riding into the playoffs or anything like that, or possibly next season with a resign. So, I don't know. Well, like I said, but then on Thursday, we'll see. Yeah, looks like yeah, it's Halak, just, he looks like exactly like you expected. Crazy. Um, I don't know. I think. It's just kind of sympathetic, and hopefully this long break after this Vegas game, they get to come home, they get to play Vegas, they don't have to fly to Vegas and everything, although that'd probably be more fun than coming right. to Boston in you know, January. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, I-, I think it's like a wait and see, because I think that's kind of symptomatic of what's going on with the team. Not that he doesn't have his own specific struggle- struggles, like just like with Brad Marchand, like right. you're a freaking heart trophy candidate in my heart, yet somehow you have to make somehow you miss the fuck of sunrise and like cry and cry on Monday night. But um yeah. The um uh, before we get to our next topic online, I'd like to possibly take a break right now. I think we're at right about the half hour mark. So let's hear from the great folks at College Hockey Inc dot com. Follow them on Twitter at College Hockey. We'll be right back. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Dylan Larkin. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! Kevin Shattenkirk. And James Van Riemsdyk were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! All right, we are back. We just heard from the great folks at College Hockey, Inc. Follow them on Twitter, please. Those guys are great. Brett Schlossman and Nate Yule do a fantastic job. They have a great website, too, so check them all out. Uh, moving on to the next topic, the Bruins placed Brett Ritchie on waivers for the purpose of assignment to Providence, and that was on January fifteenth, 2020. He cleared on the sixteenth, 2020, and has now played in two games with the Providence Bruins. Um, he scored two goals last night. <laughs> okay, the look on your face tells me that this is going to be a great topic. <laughs> I think I've been kind of clearing. Like, yeah, we have not been re- – well, I know I haven't. I've shown my displeasure uh, and, po- and possibly said it on um, a few podcasts in previous weeks that I'm getting tired and done with this guy on the lineup. And I'm not saying it's because it's the player – it's the decision that's being made from the coach to play him. So uh, <laughs> the um, the uh, so he clears, which and 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 that's fine. I was kind of hoping that somebody else out there would take him and give him a better opportunity with another team. I I'm always for the um, you know the guy that's down that needs to be a spark and then finds it somewhere else. So um, the no, you didn't you just didn't want him playing. No, I did. I did. But uh, he goes down. He makes a million dollars a season. So um, if he was playing the whole – if we were talking about the whole year, um, like I think $150,000 comes off of that when you're talking about the the salary cap. But the NHL – his NHL dollar still is still being paid down in, in Providence. 
and that cap hit state remains at the NHL mandated cap. So um, this was purely, it was not to do with anything about freeing up cap space. This no, was purely a roster spot. Yeah. I was going to say that not cap space, but are you, were you going to talk about Bacchus Max and his waivers? I was going to do that after. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say, why we're just talking about I'm, I, That's more of a cap. Because I had a busy week, mm-hmm. I had to go on Twitter and, and use their timeline for topics. Mm-hmm. So we're just going from wh- where we went back to like last Sunday to like, to like okay. yesterday. I, I just was saying, uh, I, I just was going to comment, that would be more of a um, cap space move than a roster space move necessarily. Right. You just can only healthy scratch so many people and still pay people and not have to waste people. But yeah, I agree. Roster spot all day long. And also no offense, Brent Ritchie, although you had a little bit of success, you never quite, I think, fit in the way that they imagined you were going to. Like, I think that Donnie was like, Oh, okay. I got it. Like a good meddling, like, you know, can kind of plug in the spot, a little grinding, a little, and he just never, at least on ice, I'm sure off ice, he's a lovely person and he did. I, I don't the, feel like he ever clicked here. The whole internal competition thing that Donnie Sweeney says all the time um, when, when he signs, when a player signs like this, uh, he said the same thing on Pirelin Home. He said the same thing on... Um, on yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's just, you know, we're taking a chance and we're, we're going to see what these guys can do. And if they can push... Uh, the prospects, uh, the guys on a Providence to play, then that's what's going to happen. If they can't do it, then they're going to get a job. So, um, unfortunately, he got the job when I think that this could have been given to a prospect, in my opinion. Uh, but speaking of prospects, the uh, on January 16, 2020, the same day that Brett Ritchie clears, um, Bruins recall Carson Coleman uh, and uh, recall Dan Vladar on emergency basis dating back to the Tuka Rask injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that was on the 16th. So the Carson Coleman, I've been uh, pleasure to see him down at Providence for three of his uh, four games down there, maybe five games. And he's been playing very well. He's got had goals in his last two games, a uh, little point streak for him before uh, making his way up 95. I thought the kid was very engaged. His speed was all there, especially for the injury that he had. I don't remember what it, what it was, but it was significant enough that he was out for that length of time. So um, he gets into the lineup, and uh, it's kind of a flip-flop. So you could tell right there that it was a roster move because you, got, you have to be under 23 men and freeing up Brett Ritchie off the roster, open one up for Carson Coleman. Now, here's the other one. The Vladar emergency recall, I broke the news. Mm-hmm. I broke the news on Wednesday night. Uh, I came across my desk at uh, 10.30 at night, and I wrote an article about it. And I also got some information from my source that but Vladar got the call. I called it. But I also, in the same article, called the goaltender that the Providence Bruins signed, and his name is Martin Olet. Mm-hmm. And they got him from the Utah Grizzlies. Olette played with the Atlanta Gladiators for 10 games this season, which is the Bruins affiliate, yeah. and then was traded to Utah in a deal. So uh, he comes back to the Bruins organization and is the backup. Well, yeah, the backup to Max, uh, Max Agassi 
he is in goal today against Springfield this afternoon. We're watching the game right now. So uh, a little bit of uh, some good stuff that I, I've been dropping lately. I like my sauce. Very good person. And, and you know, I'll tell you, it's, it's tough They're for me. They are helping me out, and, and, and they love doing it. But the best part about it is, is I didn't, I didn't bite on it. Didn't bite on it for like the first three. I have a three strike rule. If you send me some information, I'm going to sit on it for a little while and see what happens. Yeah, because you don't want to give up. All exactly. Exactly. I'm not like that. Any like that guy on Twitter that just goes out and just like, you know, hey, I need attention. You know, I'm going to throw out this trade because it worked on my Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of a proud moment. Honest, I'm not an Xbox expert either. I'm not either. I'm not a gamer. Like that's rather, what I always say. Is that like I said, I'm, sticking I'm, to reality. I'm, and I'm not an expert on anything. I just like to see what everyone's saying and what the experts say, and then I go from there. But people the, will say a thing. I will say when Elliot Friedman says it, and I will oh, say yeah. it, Mark Allred Well, I'm listen, I'm not. Like I'm that. only kidding. I'm only getting my feet wet here. That guy's fully drenched. I know. Um, the goaltending call-ups and recalls have been up and down all week, and people have been freaking out about that too. So I'm just going to add on to this topic. Please don't freak out about a, a prospect that's not getting time. You do not want a goaltender in the NHL lineup right now when you don't have any divisional games. You need all these points. You need them all. You don't want a guy that's gotten limited to no. Max Legacy has 16 games in the NHL, and that was when he played for the Vegas Golden Knights. Will he play against the Vegas Golden Knights on Tuesday the 21st? Highly doubt it, especially with the long break. But – these transactions are going to happen. I have a picture I just took of the AHL transaction list. 14 of them were made in the last three days. This happens. There's no need to freak out. So many folks are like saying, oh, I'm so excited that he got up. And all of a sudden they see the next day that he got sent down. It's like, oh, the Bruins, they never give anybody a chance. And it's like, no, this is the, this is the way that the developmental system works. This is a paper transaction, folks. Now, when Legacy was technically rumored to be in the building for the Pittsburgh game this afternoon. And the recall was on Friday. He never left Providence. It was a paper transaction. So relax. All right. So going to our next topic, Mr. David Backus was placed on waivers for the purpose of assignment, much like Brett Ritchie uh, two days earlier. He cleared on January 17th. And has um, not reported quite yet, but has the option to uh, use these days uh, during the weekend and his um, and his wave um, to uh, enjoy the 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 off time the the, the bye week. I keep I was trying to search for that one. Uh, enjoy the bye week and then come to Providence shortly after. So he doesn't you know he's basically doing the NHL rules when it's not applying to the AHL. Um, he does have the option to back away, but that would, um, forfeit his, uh, contract. So we'll see if he reports or not. I, I think he's going to report. I think he's going to be a solid pro. This is tough for him. He wasn't happy about it when he, when he was told he was not happy and thrilled, but, uh, he understood that it's a business and, 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 and decisions have to be made like that. Well, what? Exactly. He had to have known that it might be coming. It really sucks because David Backus is awesome. He's always been a perfect, like, 
but I do, I agree with you. I think he's too much of a professional to not show up and at least play the rest of this year out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a lot of pride right there. You know what I mean? He's going to go. He's going to take a breath. Life's going to send him back. Yeah. (laughs) Say, whatever. You're still in Providence. Like, you know, you're still, and then make his decision from there for what to do. I, I don't know. It's like, it's hard to watch because some of what's happened here that's led to this point is not necessarily not all his fault right you know and, right uh, but he's also the type of guy that'll be like all right you want to send me down to providence we'll make sure i'm back on that roster for playoff time <laughs> you know like well, that's, that's what that's what a lot of people are saying yeah, that you know he could be he can be used if an emergency happens at the end of the season but he can also be brought in as a black ace and, and train with the team for a moment's notice uh for a long run help the kids down there a little with his leadership absolutely because he he, he he was very he was instrumental on the whole, um, you know, the veteran leadership and so on in the locker room with the younger guys. You saw it with so many times with like Fratrano. You see it with Bjork and so on. Um, he's a, just a value there, no doubt. But this is also, in my opinion, a roster move and not a salary dump because, as everybody knows, um, David Backus is currently on a deal that even though he might have been heavily favored in pay forward on the contract, these latter years might be only a couple million here and there. He still has an AAV that he has to that the team has to abide by, and on the uh, NHL mandated salary cap. So no matter what, his AAV is six million across the board. So the Bruins are technically paying him to go to the AHL at not at six million dollars. I believe they get one point something abatement on 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 his movement down there but still you're still paying and and i know that the season is is practically over so that um there's a word for that i I can't yeah so but but he still has a high salary cap that remains on the nhl team for the placement in the ahl so you're not really gaining a ton of salary cap there but my estimation the and looking at uh, um, uh, cap friendly, the Bruins have two point seven million dollars in cap space, and we're not even done with that because the the cap keeps going up and down with these damn roster moves, and I can't figure out where to adjust it. That is still not enough for me to say we gotta bring somebody in. So uh, when you talk about trades, uh, just to add on to this a little bit. Um, you didn't free up that much money at all. So my thing is, is, you know, a lot of people say, well, deal some prospects and some picks and then get this player. I don't think so. I think to accommodate and to make the uh, salary cap work, you have to do these, the, the picks and the, and some prospects and then a roster player to, you know, to free up that type of space. So, I mean, we could be looking at it Toffoli right now because we can't afford anybody else. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not hurt about that. I don't hate it, but if there's, if there's other options out there that are, are working and you know, like Paul Mary or wherever, wherever everybody else has their trades coming from, the dollar just doesn't seem like it's going to come back the right way. So um, you'd have to waive more people or you'd have to make other, several other adjustments, but. That's every know. team like us though. That's right against Right up against it. Like yeah. All the high. If you're not up against it, in my opinion, you're not being competitive. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's all the teams that are the super competitive teams are right against the cap because that's why they're, the, you know, 
some of the other teams are just now spending that cap money or whatever else. Um, I mean, I agree with you, but I there's really nothing we can do about that. There's really not much John Sweeney can do with it until we can figure out some kind of package to have somebody help move some stuff if anyone's interested, but he's not going to be hopefully stupid about it. Like if you're going to have to sell the farm a little bit, so to speak in this situation, you better get what you came for. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you got the, the knives and pitchforks people that, um, uh, the, the outside Don Sweeney's office because you didn't, you disrespected Bacchus by not moving him earlier. And then you had to send him to the AHL. Well, for that, that AAV, I mean, he might have legitimate case for leadership and so on on another club. Another club might really love that, but it's that cap number that so many teams, I guarantee are afraid of taking on. As someone who loves David Backus and Don Sweeney, my, you know, I don't know anything, but I'm just a fan looking on the inside. I actually think sending him to Providence might be Don Sweeney's way of, like you said, it's like, come on, David. Like you're, I mean, David's a veteran. Yeah. I need this 1.6 million right now, but I also don't want you to not be with us. And I need you if I need you, you know, but now instead of needing you on the ninth floor, you can be playing in Providence, keep, moving, yeah. keep you moving, keep you up. Cause you are, he is older, you know, and whatever yeah. else. And, but as for back, like he's looked, but I don't think Bacchus has not looked well, you know, he earned to stay on that top. Like Cassie made him earn it. And he did, he earned it to be at least benched on the ninth floor. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think this is actually just in Sweeney's defense, maybe a way of, to respect David Beckham. Like, I know this is hard. This is hard for everyone. The boys yeah. in the locker room aren't feeling good about it. You know, oh, like, yeah. you heard like him. Brett Ritchie, I hardly knew you, but like David Beck is like, oh God, yeah. man, like yeah. he's one of our dads. Like, we can't do this. I got you. Uh, but I do think it's maybe more of a way, like you said, like David Beck is, is problem with David Beck is, is not that he can't be useful if we need him, is that he costs a, a lot of money. Yeah. That's the problem, yeah. you know? So and that's need... again a roster and a little yeah. bit of cap salary. But 1.6, you can get yourself a, another third line, whatever, you know, maybe second line or if you need them. Yep. Coupled with whatever little other bet we have. God, but we for, don't really for me, for me though, is I want that guy that can put the puck on the net. I know we can do the plug and plays with the, the, you know, under $2 million types of plays, but are those guys going to be consistently point productive? No, what I meant is about the salary release. So now we got two point whatever. To oh yeah. 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 A little bit no, more. Right, maybe right. we can get 3 million and get, you know, yeah, yeah. cause no, there are some people that are like second slash third, depending on what team they're on that can, right. get, you know, right. get a little more productive. That's what I meant about that. Just to help move a little bit more money. Yep. No, I, no, I completely understand now. Yeah, I was kind of, I, I know I was, that was kind of ambiguous. I didn't mean. Sorry. Uh, speaking of ambiguous, if that probably is, is not the correct word for this one, but David Krejci, could that word be associated with David Krejci and his injury woes? Ambiguous? Yes. No. Ambiguous means like... Not only am I got a great co-host, but I got a teacher next to me to teach me all these... Um, <laughs> I don't know. All right. Anyway, David... But I do know that's not ambiguous. Yeah. David Krejci is injured again um, and uh, listed as day-to-day. He did not practice yesterday and ruled out against the game today against Pittsburgh. So... Um, could see him in action on Tuesday the 21st against Vegas. Who knows? But another player that could benefit from the long, 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 long bye week and uh, get healthy for a uh, January 31st return against the Winnipeg Jets. Um, 
Did you happen to see what when he got injured? I don't remember him. I don't remember seeing anything that made me think he was injured. Yeah, there's nothing that was on the bench or anything like that that I saw. I, maybe it was just something he continued to play with and yeah. nobody noticed, but then it got progressively worse. Yeah. I mean, he could have pulled a muscle or something yeah. and pushed through the game. <clears throat> the I, guys, but I don't recall seeing anything that would have been like, oh, geez, Krejci's going to, you know. So obviously the the, sh- the shift changes happen, um, coil up to the second line, and um, you know getting some. In, you can the, see your your stomach's churning. Oh like yeah, I can't stand that. I, I you know what coil on the second line center is not so bad of a stomach gastric pain as it is the second as it line is center. when he's on the right wing. That just full out. I'm keeling over with abdominal pains when I see him because he just he does not look right. I don't understand if so many millions of people that watch this Bruins team can see Charlie Coyle on the right side on the second line and I'm getting abdominal pains by seeing that. How come Bruce isn't seeing that? I don't get I mean it's like it's not working. Why continue to do it? Oh, and this isn't, this isn't even with the injuries. This is just like, we got to shake things up. Let's put this guy here. We'll talk about Bruce later. Okay. <laughs> but anyway. My topics. <laughs> okay, nice. Um, so, anyway, the, yeah, so Krejci, his day-to-day, Bruce said it today in the, in the uh, um, uh, early morning skate, I believe, or, or just the media availability because there probably was no practice this morning. Um, but uh, day-to-day. So, um, we do have to talk about the uh, Bruins and the local sports radio station, W98.5, the Sports Hub. The Sports Hub. They raised $125,000 in the 2020 Pucks and Paddles Ping Pong Tournament to raise money for the Tufts Medical Center Floating Hospital for Children and the Bruins uh, Foundation. Fantastic job. I watched, I didn't go. I watched video of it. Um, it was unbelievable what I saw. Everybody looked like they were having a ton of fun. Was this the third annual one? I that's I what, what I wanted to ask you because I couldn't find any information on that. Yeah, they held it Friday the seventeenth at the Royale in Boston. The Royale. So the way Something it works, hamburger. if you're not actually from around Boston and don't have the ninety-five Sports Hub and hear all about that, is like a table tennis tournament. It's yep. super fun. Ping pong. As a fan, you get to bid to play with one of your favorite players, like doubles with your favorite player. It's a single elimination tournament. They have some patients come over, and they have the personalities, which are very, um, I guess, divisive <laughs> in uh, Boston sports. Uh, 98.5 is one of our local channels, but it's super fun. They raise a lot of money. And then also fans, they they Ty Anderson works for them, guys, if you don't know. They pay a lot to, like, go and watch it happen too you yep. know what i mean and the videos come out but everyone seems to have a good time every year and they raise a lot of money and it's awesome yeah it's and fun. and the ping pong believe it or not is is very popular in nhl um facilities training facilities uh, i've had the pleasure as a media member um to go through the facility and uh and check it out and it was it was very cool I mean, the kitchen area, you see it on behind the B and so on, but they do have ping pong and pool tables and ping pong is a very good hand eye coordination game. Um, so, you know, not only for the goalies that got to keep in, in, you know, that hand eye going, but it also for players and it's fun. 
it's a good thing to do with, with a group or or just just two guys that are uh, sitting you know waiting for practice or post practice and they don't want to go home to their wives yet you know it's just it's just fun after, uh, fun thing to do so waiting for a team meeting I yeah, exactly. But to, but to take that and then do it into a tournament and make money for children, uh, it's just, it just continues the 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 path of class actory that um that these guys do. I'm throwing out awful words today. Class you are actory on fire, my friend. <laughs> I'm a typical Boston do uh, Boston guy that just hey, you got to recover somehow. Anyways, good job, Patrice Bergeron, uh, 98.5 The Sports Hub. Tufts Floating Medical Center and uh, Bruins Foundation for once again they have a lot of fun like community fundraisers that they do. They, I love that. They give the fans a lot of access. I know again all clubs do. I'm not trying to be like my team's so awesome because they do but they really are a special lot over there. Alright so that is all I have for topics per the great folks at the Boston Bruins Twitter account because I was busy and I, I just couldn't get a ton of freaking shit done today this week thanks again for listening to and supporting the black and gold hockey podcast please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, spotify and soundcloud between shows help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website blackandgoldhockey.com by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out!